When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the RAC podcast, the Welsh Regional Rugby Appreciation Pod, where we try to cover all the important issues on and off the field in Welsh Regional and National Rugby. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, all of that information is at the end, so you'll just have to bear with us and get to that bit. In the meantime, enjoy this week's show. So welcome to to this week's pod, this week's wrap pod. A little bit different from norm this week. We've got a, a, our very first guest. Um, uh, so our our guest this week is just a phenomenally nice guy and generally all round bloody good guy, really. Um, so he coached Wales to a Grand Slam victory in in two thousand and five. So look how many Welsh people are around that, that have coached the national side to a Grand Slam title. Um, Ireland under twenties coach for five six seasons. He coached Swansea to their win over Australia. He's won the league and cup titles with Swansea as well. He coached Evervale. He coached the Dragons to a successful season, and now he's helping the Ospreys to find the next generation and to to put the club back onto a firm footing for the future. Uh, and you got to say he's doing a cracking job. So um, enjoy this week's pod. And enjoy our conversation with the one and only Mike Ruddock. So, Mike, um, we've got Jamie, who's the Dragon supporter. Okay. Uh, we've got Reese as the Cardiff supporter, and then Lee uh, down there with the Turks. Okay, brilliant. Uh, well, I'm I'm sort of in the middle a little bit in Swansea. Um, yeah, so a foot in the in the Dragons camp. Obviously, you've been a Gwent boy. Um, yes. Almost someone. <laughs> Don't start. Get him started. Don't start him, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about this, not going to lie. I'm excited. Because he's still a Dragon's legend. I know he's only with us for a year, Mike. He's still a Dragon's legend that we love you down here. Yeah, that was a great year. I loved that year. Um, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it really was fun. And uh, I often think about it. I keep in touch with a few of the boys. Percy Montgomery, for example, out in South Africa. We oh, keep, yeah. Uh, we still sort of talk about that that year. That was That was brilliant, you know, because... I guess, uh, you know, no one really fancied us. We were called mm-hmm. the rejects and uh, we used that um, as a bit of a motivator for us, you know. So you said that in an interview as well, didn't you? I remember you coming off the, of a match and saying that. Not bad for a load of rejects afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And, and to be honest, I probably embellished it all a bit. I, I kept telling the boys uh, that we had something to prove because people kept calling us the rejects. And it sort of worked for us, you know. Um you know, that mindset to prove people wrong. And very quickly, a story. When I went to Swansea in uh, 91 as a coach, uh, they'd finished last but one. It was the first year of Welsh Leagues. And um, when I read the papers uh, previewing the season, in the in the sort of national paper, Western Mail in the day, it had, uh, you know, super flops as the headline for Swansea because we hadn't beaten Cletley. Uh, Lee in eleven games, <laughs> so eleven games losing to the to the Turks was tough for the Jacks, you know. And uh, <laughs> I ripped it out and I pinned it up on the notice board and I said, right, 
I won't take that down to Weebly Clearly. And uh, I had a sports scientist, like a psychologist, came around a week or so later. And he said, what's that about? And I said, well, I just put an notice board in the change room. So I thought it was fitting uh, to put uh, this article down as a bit of a motivator, you know? He said, ooh, he had a look at it. He was a sports psychologist. He said, that's dangerous. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, if you don't beat the Scarlets, then uh, they, you know, your own players will start to think about it. I said, shit, I've never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I said, look, don't worry about that. We beat them, and we did. We beat um, Glethy to win the league that first season I was there, thankfully. So we went from last but one to uh, to win the league. And it was a bit like that with the Dragons, with that, um, you know, with that sort of rejects tag. You know, it's funny how um, the underdog thing, I, I think I'm a big fan of the underdog thing, you yeah. know. Um, and well, like, look at Italy. Psychology, I suppose psychology, <laughs> perhaps some of those methods would be old school, old hat. But you know, it's funny how um, how people like still think can can rise to some of that stuff to to prove a point. You know, it's tough. It's just as tough sometimes. You know, being right down the top as it is being on the bottom because everybody wants to beat you. You know. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. do you think that? Yeah. Do you think that would have affected the the performance of some of the boys last Saturday, Mike? Where you know getting an absolute kick in the week before and all the press and social media now just multiplying it and making it so much worse. You know, going into that Argentina game would have been a bit of a, you use that as, as motivation, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, you know, it's a dangerous thing, as I said, I guess, these days with all the, the extra detail that's involved in professional coaching, the old school guys, we might have, you know, banged the, banged the table a bit on that. But um I guess these days where you're looking more detail and uh, uh, and the sort of game plan in more detail, um, probably it, it would have come from the players themselves, I'm sure. Um, you know, it might have come in the vibe from the coaching and management team, but I'm sure the players had a, a chat and said, hey, you know, we're better than this. Um, and, and let's be honest, boys, uh, you know, for all the, all the sort of science in the game and all the um, the detail around video analysis and game plans and stuff, it's still a collision-based game, you know, and, um, you know, we certainly came second best in the collisions against the, uh, you know, the All Blacks by Country Mile, and, um, you know, that meant they were on the front foot, they kept coming at us because they had what I call green quality ball, you know, they were two inches, three inches, six inches, two feet across the the, the gain line, the tackle line, uh, and they were able to recycle quickly and two-second rucks, and and it's very difficult to keep defending that, whereas... um, Last Saturday against the uh, Argentinian team, we we got off a line. Our first collisions were more dominant. We were able to knock them back and create amber ball, red ball for them, you know, five-second rucks rather than two-second rucks. And then that meant we could get our defence set and come forward. So even though the game has changed, I think still think those principles are, are absolutely, um, you know, still there in the game. And if you can dominate the collisions... Uh, then you can set your defence earlier. You can get off a line smarter and better and faster, and you can uh, get into get into them a second or third time, you know, and force them to kick. So, you know, I think that's that's really what what happened there. And of course, what's the underlying sort of uh, triggers around that, and, and and sort of motivations around that? Well, is your mindset, you know, uh, collective mindset to want to get at get that edge in defence. Obviously, is the fitness element around the strength and conditioning the windows you know, dominant uh, collisions as well. Well, so I think... Um, yeah, a lot of it is just around the mindset, guys. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, Wales just weren't aggressive enough 
you know, against New Zealand. And, and just the way they played, there was a move there, and I think it was Ardy Saver, and he just looked like he wanted it more. He had the ball, he was going forward, and he was dragging tacklers with him. And you could just see the energy he was putting into the aggression. And, and I think Wales lacked that against the All Blacks, but then they showed a bit more dog then against Argentina last weekend. Yeah, he's pretty special, mate. I wouldn't fancy trying to tackle him too often. So, um, <laughs> no one did. But, you know, what, what you can't afford is to let him run at you off like green quality ball, you know? Two second rucks before you got a chance to to set your defence and perhaps double tackle on him. You know, get one guy hitting him lower, another guy a bit higher to try and sort of lock him up. Um, you know, if you just let him come off, off green quality ball, front foot ball, and he's taking you on a one-on-one like he's going to take a bit of hold in there. So, again, it comes back up to that first up tackling, that um, mindset and that collective desire to start to, to dominate those first up tackles, you know. And, um, you know, just from a technical point of view as well, you know, I, I think too often in the game we end up, you know, we end up with our hips sideways. And um, once you start to defend sideways, you, you know, you'll never win collisions. You know, you have to... You have to try and keep your hips square for as long as you can and get forward. And obviously, then you've got a chance to react to go in uh, and, and target the ball or target the ball carrier. Or, you know, if you're really under pressure, you might have to, to push out. But, you you know, you want to try and keep square for as long as you can, you know. See, but we I, I did a load of analysis from the, the New Zealand game and, and worked out a few things and studied the videos. And I reckon the reason we lost that game is I did not have my lucky pants on. And then Argentina, absolutely lucky pants, lucky hat, the whole set, and we win. Now, I'm telling you now, boys, that is the secret. More people in Wales need to wear lucky pants and lucky hats for games. We'll have this sorted. Just my well, name. Well, you clearly don't win for the Scarlet ask, match. I won't ask for proof. I won't ask for proof. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Well, quick story around that. So when I coach Wales... Um, he was a local hairdresser in Mumbles, and um, he's a lovely guy, you know, uh, getting on a bit, but a hell of a lovely guy. And I'd go in and have a chat to him, and we'd be chatting away. And, and it was a big window in, 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 in the barbers, you know, and a huge big window, and he'd be waving to people. And he, there was a lady over the road, he'd wait to her, she'd bring him over a cup of tea. So he was always in the window side, you know, and he very rarely came around the other side to cut the other side of my hair. And I'd go home, and my wife would say, my God, who's cut your hair? You know, it's it's much longer on one side than the other. Like, that's what I had a bit of here. And uh, I said, hey, listen, I, I'm always going to go to him because we just won the last game. So I would go straight down. Whenever we won the game, I'd go back down there. We kept winning. We kept winning. So people said to me, what's the secret of win, winning the games with Wales, you know, in the Six Nations? I said, well, it's my, my local barber. I said, obviously, I, I'm all a bit obscure, but <laughs> as long as we win, I can go into him, you know? Um, well, I, I remember, I remember uh, just a couple of years ago, Mike, when we went out to Terranier to watch the Cardiff schoolboys play, yeah. and the woman came up to you in, in the bar after. And she said, excuse me, Mike, she said, I, you're not going to remember this, but when we won the Grand Slam, I was pregnant and I asked you to bless my child. And you put, and you put your hand on her belly. And she said, well, he's out there playing today for Cardiff Schoolboys, so you, you know, clearly did a good job. Like, you know, he's moving forward. But, uh, well, yeah, I had some interesting uh, stories around my time in Wales, one of which, you know, uh, I'll share with you now, is my son was under 14s with Mumbles. And uh, as it turned out, they booked a trip to uh, Butlins in Minehead, um, obviously eight or nine months in advance. 
Um, it, it happens to land on the same weekend and the same date that we play Ireland in, in, you know, in the 2005 uh, game to try and win the Six Nations. And, um, you know, so the coach has got my youngest lad, Reese, who now plays for Leinster. He's on the bus with the lads there. And they're, they're under 14. So they get to button his mind head and he chucked the boys a rugby ball, a soccer ball. He said, off you go and play. If you need us, we're in the bar because Wales are playing. And uh, so the lads kicked the ball around and, you know, they had a couple of hours of fun. Um, and, of course, they started to get bored. What do you do when you, you get bored? You, you, you get hold of some poor unfortunate lad in the group and you you tie him to the lamppost, you know? So they did that. And uh, all the security cameras were on. Of course, the security guys came and they saw Reese was taller than most of the guys, so they thought he's probably the captain. They called him in and said, look, this is absolutely unacceptable. Uh, they untie the poor fella. And he said to Reese, right, who's in charge of you lot? And he, he looked over and the door of the pub opened in Butlins and out came two naked lads and they dived into the lo- into the duck pond. And he, he said, who's in charge of you and you lot that he said, to? So, <laughs> so we found it afterwards that the lads had bet if they won the game, if Wales won the game, they dived naked in the duck pond. But the timing was horrendous, you know. And, uh, <laughs> They were very lucky to survive. They were, you know, very very lucky to see there. So uh, yeah, some good stories around that that time. Um, that uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, we can still talk about uh, over the years. You know. So do you think that kind of side of the game has changed, Mike? Where, you know, when me and Carwin were playing, we were growing up, and some of the stuff that we got away with when we were when we were on various tours and games away, you know, if I caught my boy doing any of that stuff now, you know, he's banned for the season sort of thing. Do you think we miss that kind of that fun element, that kind of slightly, not dodgy, but, you know, we're, we're pushing the boundaries sort of thing? Yeah, that, that building of friendship sort of thing, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think it's got to change. We've had to change, haven't we? We've all had to change. It was... You know, very cultural back in the day where, they, you know, things happened around rugby that, uh, you know, around seemed to be, you know, and deemed to be unacceptable quite rightly now, you know. But um, so I think it's changed. But still, there's still ways to have fun, you know. There's still ways to, you know, to create cohesion and uh, team spirit and camaraderie in the group. And uh, you're just going to change. It's like anything. You evolve and you change. And, you know, that you just, you be innovative around us sort of things. But I still think, you know, we, we have to be aware that we can't, produce um, robots, you know, and everyone's the same. You know, we have to try and create um, opportunities, whatever way they are, for, you know, for uh, to, to allow people to be authentic and allow them to express themselves. Like Andy Powell. I think there's certain levels that you can go to, of course. But, uh, but you know, I still think that... Um, it would be a sad day if if everyone um, is told, you know, uh, that there's there's only certain ways you can do this and that, and, mm. and, and you're never able to push the boundaries a little bit, you know. And one of the frustrations I've got at the moment is uh, around the offload. You know, I, I just don't see enough offload in in the game, and um, you know, uh, I'm 63 now, but the coach, the retired coach of me, sort of thinks, well. Should I get back and do a little bit on it to try and sort of show people what I mean? And I just think that there's a phenomenon coming to the game now where I would have coached first option, run the bus. So you try and run between 
defenders and get your hands free and offload. And we, I would coach people flooding the channels either side and an, anticipating that once someone gets the ball, obviously they're either going to pass it or they're going to run to try and bust. And um, we've got to learn to anticipate those things and read body language and get synergy around that. Um, and our first option should be to run the bust, flood the channel, and expect inside or outside support. You know, and I would play touch games around that. And if somebody didn't get their hands free in the touch to do that after making a half break or a break, um, I would turn the ball over to the other team. You know, we had to, or if someone didn't support quickly enough, we turned the ball over because I wanted that to happen. Now I see a lot of teams are just sort of coached, if you know what I mean, to run between the defenders and, and hit the ground to recycle to make it safety first to get the ball back and then go through phases, you know, and I understand the concept of going through phases and I understand the concept of building pressure, but it frustrates me that I never see people run the bust and get the offload game going as well, you know, so that's where the decision-making comes in for the players and that's what I mean about creating robots. We've got to make sure that we have, um, you know, enough latitude in what we do to allow a guy to use his footwork or to run an angle to hit a line to be able to get between people and, and expect that that body language to be read so that there's support either side, you know, and, um, you know, that's what I mean. I, I don't want, you know, personally, I wouldn't want to just create robots and go to ground, go to ground, go to ground and expect eventually to have a two on one on the end, you know? Yeah. Does that come from like lower down the system? Like, is it like sevens and eights? Is it tens to twelves? Do you know what I mean? At what point do we start learning that kind of to look for that offload because I, I I used to coach I'd coach under sevens and I'd spend most of the session going trying to get them all to run in the same direction do you know what I mean and if I got them if I got five of them all running in the right direction I'd had a good session and well, I, I, I coached a couple of senior teams who struggled to do that so. <laughs> <laughs> well then um, no look I think we should coach the offload and and Sidestep, like I coached the island under 20s for four years. I teased the Irish boys that I put the Gwent into the, the Irish pack because, you know, I coached most of the Irish pack. I grew along. The, the two hookers in Ireland now, uh, Dan Sheehan, Ronan Keller, were my two hookers in Lansdowne. Uh, James Ryan came straight out of school, the Irish second row to me in Lansdowne. Uh, Ian Henderson, I coached in under 20s. Tyne Byrne, I coached under 20s and, uh, and Lansdowne. Jack Conan, I coached. Under twenties, George Van der Fleer, coach under twenties. So you know, I tease him. I put a bit of Gwent into the into the Irish pack, and uh, it doesn't go down too well. I can tell you. Um, <laughs> but um, I think they, their comment is uh, my biggest contribution to Irish rugby was in the bedroom because my friends <laughs> obviously one is uh, <laughs> 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 has, uh, has been a captain of Ireland, captain of Ireland seven times. And Kieran, uh, my other boys, uh, obviously one of the fitness coaches for Ireland was with Ireland this summer in, in, in New Zealand when he won the Test Series, yeah. uh, won the Triple Crown last year. Uh, I think he's got three or four wins against the All Blacks on his belt. So, Did, did know, he go out with the women's team as well? No, he went with the Emerging Ireland team to South Africa. Ah, oh, right, OK. I thought one um, of the girls who were saying he was going with them. Yeah, no, he's in camp now, and obviously he was part of that squad that's just beaten South Africa. So he's worth a chat to one day, boys. Um <laughs> I tell him his all his fitness, you know, um, development, physical development was from me for the genetics, but uh, he looks at my body shape and disagrees. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, my, yeah. uh, the, the boys wanted to to ask you a couple of questions. Um, I, I think I don't know if you want to go around the table with them. 
Go on, Jamie goes it, first because Jamie's been busting to ask you a question for like about a week, like every day on 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 our little WhatsApp group. Can I a, can I ask can I ask him this? Go on, Jamie. This is a Dragons and East Wales question, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's two questions I want to ask. But the first one is it is a Dragons related question. So as I said earlier, you're still really highly thought of uh, with Dragon supporters, and um, we've had a few coaching changes over the years, as you probably know. And I guarantee you, whenever there's a coaching vacancy, someone always says, bring back Mike Ruddock. Every single time. And well, there's I, a situation... That's my, my wife on social media, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's a situation going on now, I'm sure you're aware of Dean Ryan. His departure is yet to be rubber stamped. I think you know where I'm going with this question, Mike, but... If there was ever an opportunity to return home as a grand boy to the Dragons, whether it be as a director of rugby, a consultant, or any other capacity, would you consider it? Well, you never say never, but look, I'm 63, you know. Um... That's all right, man. It's fine. You're still young. It's fine. Come back, Mike, please. Mike, he'd put you in his prop if he had a chance, mate. No, I think, uh, you know... I've been doing a course recently and it talks about, um, you know, the different sort of elements uh, in your makeup. And, and one, of, one of the elements is your warrior. You know, you, everyone's yeah. got a warrior where you get stuff done, you know. And I, I think my warrior is still strong, you know, but uh, my king, my king element is probably a little bit of sort of out, of out of the fuel at the moment, you know. So you, yeah, you know, you just lose a little bit of uh, confidence around it and lose a little bit of... Um, you know, sort of X factor around it. He might have once had. So I don't know. I did some of my best work, you know, in Ireland. You know, I won three all Ireland leagues with Lansdowne. Um, like I said, four years, four World Cups for the Ireland 20s. Yeah. We went from the bottom tier to the junior World Cup semi final, you know. So I, I think I've done some of my best work the last 10 years. But, you know, I've had more clubs than Jack Nicholas. Um, and eventually, that, you know, the fuel tank starts to, to empty, you know. And uh, I'm probably feeling that I'm in that point now. Uh, uh, where I've I've sort of pretty much given it my best shot, you know. Yeah, That's a no, yeah. Jane. That's a no, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You can stop asking the question now, right? It's a no. <laughs> oh. Well, if you don't ask, you don't get. I had to ask. That's right. right. Yeah. Every day. Ask. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to ask, Mike. Like, obviously, you do a lot with the like the development and younger players coming through and, and things like that. And, and you mentioned all the players you work with in, in Ireland. So who have you got your eyes on in Wales now within the Ospreys and, and a bit further and like Swansea Uni and, and places uh, don't, like that? Don't give away any secrets now. He's a, he's a Scarlet <laughs> fan, yeah. Ah, is it, yeah. You know, who, what's it like? What's the system coming through? Is, is it full or, or, or are we going to be yeah. speaking? Yeah, no, I think it's very exciting. There's a lot of good things happening. I'll be honest, I think it was really tough uh, after COVID. Yeah, you know, I'm starting to see how things are working. Obviously, I'd spent 10 years in Ireland where the system was pretty streamlined. You know, you had all those fantastic rugby colleges, St. Michael's, Clongers Wood, Blackrock College, Terranew College, Castlelock College, all these, these great schools. Um, and they would they would go into the, into the Leinster Cup. I mean, uh, you would have... You know, you'd have ten thousand watching a game at the final. You'd have eighteen thousand at the RDS. You know, so uh, and, and Leinster would just pick their, um, you know, their, their academy players out of out of that showcase uh, competition. So you know, it was it was tailor made. I think 
in Wales, we, we, we've got a slightly, you know, different system. We've got, you know, schools and we've got colleges. Uh, we've got a junior academy, we've got a senior academy. So I've had to learn around how all that works. And then we've got, you know, the Bucks League, which is, you know, becoming more and more prominent. And then we've got the semi-pro tier as well, you know, the likes of uh, Swansea, Bridgend, Aberavon in our region. So there's, there's quite a number of layers around that. And I think that... Um, Part of the conversations that the WIU are having with the regions around the future uh, are making sort of adjustments or potential adjustments around how the pathway is going to work. So I'll be waiting to see how that operates. But in terms of um, in terms of talent, I mean, there's loads of talent coming through. You only got to look at someone like Joe Hawkins for us. We've made the you know the national squad recently. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a hugely talented lad. I coached his father and his uncle back in the day. Um, so, you know, the genetics, uh, you know, are there. And, uh, you know, he's a smashing lad too. And, you know, he started for the Wheels in the 20s. He captained the Wheels in the 20s and then he's got into the, the national squad. I think he pick, got picked for the Ospreys when he was 18. So you've got lads like him who are already emerging, a super talent. Um, and then you've got guys like Morgan Morse, I think, who was from with us. Number eight, who's, who's, who's played for Wales in the 20s when he's 17. Uh, I mean, you know, I heard a lot about him. And sometimes when you hear so much about a kid, you go watch and you, you're perhaps a little bit disappointed. But I, when, as soon as I saw him within 10 minutes, you know, you go, wow, you know, that that, that kid can play, you know. Um, he's a bit special. So, yeah, they, they, there's a few like that, you know, a setup, and um, certainly those two stand out. One of the biggest challenges we got, and I guess where I'm spending a lot of my time now, is we've got a very good academy, a very good pathway, and a very good academy manager, Gareth Walters, and, and staff with a lot of ex-internationals coaching in our uh, pathway. So uh, one of the things I'm trying to do is, is create a second tier, create a little bit more competition. We we bring in, targeting sort of um, Welsh qualified players in England and bringing them into Swansea University or bringing them into Swansea Rugby Club, for example. We've just recently got... Um, a lad down from Saracens who was in the England under-18s, but he's Welsh qualified. We've convinced him to come to us. We fixed him up with an apprenticeship. So I've been working with the private sector to get things like apprenticeships organised. We work with Swansea University to get um, you know bursaries organised and with the private sector around bursaries as well. So we're all very excited about that. I think there's a chance for us to... You know, we've been losing a lot of talent. Like we've lost talent like Dav Jenkins, uh, Ollie Burroughs, both went to Exeter. You know, so we've got to try and convince the next crop not to go to somewhere like Exeter, but stay with us either, you know, get an apprenticeship or get Swan into third level education, Swans University, and build our stronger, wider talent pool because of those systems, you know. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. So with Dad Jenkins then, so he's was he nineteen, six foot eight, nineteen, and likely to come on uh, uh, at some point on Saturday, what? How do you how do you prepare somebody that age for something that that big? Do you know what I mean? That's that's going to be massive for a minute. Well, you've already prepared him because he's played age grade rugby. He's played international rugby all the way through. You know, it's what he dreamed of playing in the back garden in the back. Yeah. So Reese Reese was nineteen. He got called out under Declan Kidney to um, to join the the full island tour. And his first game was against the New Zealand Maoris. He's 19 years of age, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's, that's going to be so physical. Now, I played for Swansea against the New Zealand Maoris, and it was probably the toughest 
hardest, most physical game of rugby I ever played. And uh, I was sort of half concerned, you know, because um, he was still only 19, but he took it in his stride, came off the bench a week after against Australia, you know, 19 years of age. Like, these kids have done the work, you know, they've done the work and they've, you know, they've got, they got a, a mindset that, that that is all about achievement. You know, they've, they've, they've sort of prepared themselves for that and they've been coached for that and they've been in the system for that. So Dav, if he comes on or starts, look, he's a class class player. We knew that when we saw him at 15, 16, you know? Grace? Uh, yeah, I, I'm down to ask a question about that now, but I'll ask my question. Mine <laughs> <laughs> um, was around coaching, around and sort of a coaching pathways in Wales sort of thing, isn't it? That we bring in like a lot of coaches from overseas. Uh, we do have like, you know, you know, decent coaches in like the Welsh setup, like Gethin Jenkins, you know, uh, um, and Flanagan, the Dragons. Uh, Flanagan at the Dragons, yeah. Uh, you know, Brian, right. my own team, uh, is, is, you know, and half, half seasons. Um, but uh, the, the, they don't seem, the Welsh coaches don't seem to be coming through. You know, that we, we have got them like around the world. Uh, you know, they've, they've coached Russia, they've coached all these different you know, international sides, but not coming through like, you know, to coach all the regions and going up and coaching Wales. I just said, you know, I like Mark, Mark Jones, he was with the Crusaders, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he went to New Zealand, yeah. 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 Um, I think it will happen. I think that, um, see, I think, as you said, we've got Stephen Jones, we've got, um, you know, um, Mel in there, you know, so, like, we've got guys there that are doing a great job, you know, let's be honest, they're doing a great job. They went to South Africa, beat South Africa, beat Argentina on the weekend. Um so those those guys are, are are really doing well. You know, Dwayne Peel has come back to Wales. Uh, you know, he went away and and really sort of uh, worked hard to, um, to 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 sort of establish himself in Ireland. And that's no easy feat. There's a lot of good coaches over there, and he did a great job in Ulster. And he's you know he's come back to Wales and his scars are in transition. But he'll get there. He's a smashing guy and a and a great coach. So he'll get there. Um, but you know, it's it's not an easy one, is it? There's a lot. You know, there's a lot, like I said, about me getting back as a head coach. I mean, you need a lot of fuel to do that. There's so many demands on him, you know. Um, so I think, we, you know, we'll, we'll eventually have a Welsh coach again. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, there's no rush for that. I think we need to, you know, we need to uh, get the best people there and get the best coaches there, and um, wherever that might be, and, and take the learnings from that and help mm. mentor the younger coaches, um, you know, so that whenever they uh, when when they get the chance, they're ready. You know, and um, you know, especially in Wales, right? I always say, you know, when I was Welsh coach, we I used to speak at a dinner and I'd say, look, we're a unique nation. We got twenty thousand registered Welsh rugby players and three million registered Welsh selectors. <laughs> you know, everybody, you know, thinks they can pick a better team than the Welsh coach. So, you know, it's it's, uh, it's this it's, podcast represents that. <laughs> <laughs> And we're shit. We're, we're really, yeah, really we're poor really at it. <laughs> I think I'm on with a few selectors here, right? So, um, <laughs> um, when I tell a quick story about, I was at, uh, I just got a job for Wales and uh, I really played a couple of tests. And uh, unfortunately, a mate of mine, his dad passed away, went to the funeral. I had to rush from Cardiff. I was last in the um, church and I sat on the end of the aisle towards the back. And the bearers were coming up with a coffin and my mate was at the front there. Obviously, it was his dad had passed away. So I looked into his eyes, tears in his eyes. 
I tears in my eyes. I looked and tried to connect with him. We connected, and it was one of the moments you don't have very often as my, men, you know. Um, I mean, these days we talk more about mental health and, and connectivity, but in those days we you just didn't sort of do that. And I connected with him, and it was a beautiful moment. You know, I wanted him to know I was there for him, and I was supporting him, and I was feeling his pain. And a guy whacks me in the shoulder, I turned around, he said, Oh, I wouldn't pick Stephen Jones out of that. I said, Make that <laughs> I reconnected and you know tears again and I sort of welled up and then bang he hits me again he said and I wouldn't pick uh, Thomas Fullback I know this is I'd love to meet that bloke again because uh, we won a grand slam with those two slangs <laughs> well, that that that's part of what makes Wales the 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 way it is, isn't it, Mike? It's you know the 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 passion of the the, the supporters, the passion of the the people around. Uh, you know, you will have felt that more than anyone would being in the positions you've been in. But when you're on top of that wave and and you're riding the top of the wave and winning a Grand Slam, you're, you're just that's the best that's the best feeling in the world. And you've got three million people that just you know, just absolutely laying roses down for you everywhere you go, sort of thing, innit? Yeah, look, I mean it was it was it was uh, there was a bit of that about it. And but I mean genuinely and honestly I can look you in the eye and say that to me, right, I'd grown up as a kid watching, you know, G, uh, Garth Edwards, JPR Williams. I played I played rugby with JPR Williams at one, at one stage, but I caught the tail end of of those guys like Ray Gravel I played against, you know. Um so you know, I'd grown up watching those guys in the 70s winning Triple Crowns and Grand Slams for fun. So, you know, I was spoiled. And all of a sudden we went, what, 27 years without winning, uh, you know, anything. So, um, you know, the timing worked out for me. Um, you know, and that season was pretty magical, really. Uh, so to see the looks on, on everyone's faces that hadn't seen, you know, uh, a, a Triple Crown sort of Grand Slam type season, you know, um, it was just amazing, really, and uh, you know, I still think about the scenes in Cardiff that day. Uh, I might have, you might have heard the story, but Reggie Corrigan, who I coached in Leinster, the former Leinster captain and Ireland captain, Reggie from the Greystones Club, he told me that that day we played Ireland, um, they had a great team meeting. He said he was, they were all bouncing, he couldn't wait to get out there to to get into us and spoil the party, and that was sort of the, the strap line was let's spoil their party. And uh, he said we were we would have run through a brick wall. He said we got we got down to the um, the front door of the hotel. It was a fifteen meter walk to the bus. <coughs> he took he said it took us about fifteen twenty minutes to get on the bus. There were so many Welsh fans we couldn't get through. <laughs> so we got on the bus and we were like only supposed to be ten minutes to the ground. It took us about half an hour because we couldn't get through the fans. And he said well, we all looked at each other. We knew we were beat. Well, we knew we were beat then. Uh, so we'd gone from this great team talk to you know demoralization really on the bus. You know? So the power of the Welsh fans is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So Mike, they, they talked about you know the, the coaching and the pathways, and, and mine, <coughs> mine's obviously specifically about the Ospreys. You know, this season we, we signed young Jack Walsh here, and I think he's, he's a fantastic player. Um, but he's I think he's the only signing we've made. Is that because the, there is quite a, a lot of depth there via the academy to bring players through? Because um, my worry is now, you know, we're going away to South Africa now uh, next week, I think it is, and we don't have the depth because we, you know, we've lost a lot of players to the national squad who aren't being released um, for, for those issues. 
And do we have that backup in the Ospreys, in the development, to, to bring these players forward so we, so we don't lose ground in the league as well? Well, you know, I don't necessarily get it, you know, involved in the senior recruitment from time to time. I'm asked to help out in, in certain ways. So, for example, Jack Regan, uh, the second row of the lock from... Um, Originally from Ireland, you know, I knew about him and through my contacts, I was able to track him down in New Zealand, put the guys in touch with him. So, you know, Will Hickey, I think he's on the plane, the, the back rower from the Irish lad that was in the Leicester Academy, let go. We, we sort of, I went for him. But these would be more pathway players getting into transition and into the senior squad, you know. So, yeah. I'm not party to exactly what, what, what the Ospreys do at the very top level with their recruitment. Um, you know, what my... Part of my role and part of my brief is to make sure we got uh, a bigger talent pool available and a, a more depth to what we what we do, you know. So you'd have to ask that question to to the senior coaches, senior management. But you know, I trust. Obviously, I was part of the panel that put Toby Booth in place. So uh, you know, he's, he's a great very coach, good, very good coach, yeah. very experienced. He's very honest, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm very composed. Knows his nuts and bolts inside out. So look, we're in great hands there. So. You know, I think that, uh, you know, Toby, like all good coaches, will recognise that, yeah, there could be uh, a transitional phase where, you know, we've got the senior guys away and we need to get some of these other guys in that sort of middle section up uh, a little bit further up the track. Uh, but, hey, that's the same for, for everyone, right? And, uh, you know, you, you, you undertake these type of uh, fixtures to, to learn about the guys and for them to learn what it takes to get the you know, to get to the level that the international guys are at. So, you know, and I, I, I tell a story that I learned, you know, the hard way really over the years was, um, you know, there's, there's, there's every team has got sort of a, a cycle and, and, and the first part is growth uh, and then maturity and then decline. And, you know, what Alex Ferguson was fantastic and was predicting the decline of the team and he would make adjustments and perhaps bring youngsters in to replace some of the you know, elder statesmen who are still playing well and the fans would say, what's he doing? Replacing this guy is fantastic. But he'd already planned to sort of be able to create those changes to to make sure that the team never went into, into decline, you know. And I think that's a fantastic skill. That's quite a unique skill. It's not easy. Uh, but the reality is when you take all those internationals out of any team or if you lose a lot of players through injury, you can have a period of growth. And across, and when you grow in, you learn it, you know. Uh, and you, you know, you're gonna have to learn some tough lessons from time to time. Doesn't mean we would, we won't win in South Africa. I hope we do. But what I'm saying is, the only way to get the maturity is to put the miles on the clock. So you know, we've got to be prepared. Whether it's the Welsh team, whether it's any one of the the regional teams, we've got to be prepared now to, uh, you know, to invest in in our younger players and invest in the next generation and realize that. You can't go from uh, growth to maturity in one step. You've got to work your way through it, you know. And, uh, you know, on a micro level, I used to have it with Lansdowne. Uh, you know, I went through all island leagues in, in eight years, but every second year, uh, we'd lose a, a ton of players. The Irish love to travel, so I'd have boys going to North America, they'd go to Dubai, they'd have guys retire. And we pushed a lot of guys into professional rugby, thank God. Uh, we pushed yeah. a lot of guys. If you look at the Connor team, pretty much the Connor squad. Uh, is based on the, my old Lansdowne teams, you know. But every two or three years, Paul Boyle in number eight, Oshin Dowell in the second row, Tom Farrell, Tom Daly in the centre, those sort of guys 
all played for me in Lansdowne. So, you know, if you, um, you know, Heffern and the Hooker was a Lansdowne boy, <coughs> you know, so you'd lose those guys. They'd go, they'd go, they'd move up the ladder. So then you'd have to bring, like I say, James Ryan came to me at 19 uh, with Max Deegan, who's in the Irish squad, I think, this weekend on number eight. Uh, I came off the bench last weekend. So, um, you know, I remember taking those as 19 rows down to Young Munster. Uh, the killing fields is known as, you know. And uh, I remember talking to him after the game. I said, boys, you've just become men. Uh, they had to defend a series of five-metre lineouts for about 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, they, they never experienced anything like it in schoolboy rugby. And we lost the game. But, you know, I could see that, you know, they'd had a few games with me earlier, but I could see that was a real test for them. And he came through it and you could tell they were going to kick on. Um and, and and that's what you've got to do. You've got to go through the those 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 sort of uh, downturns as well to get the miles on the clock for those kids to come through. You know. Yeah. No, thank you. Well, I'm really pleased to hear that as a scarlet. <laughs> give, give, a, <laughs> give a more. <laughs> the future's bright. <laughs> well, it is, and uh, like I say, we we just got to stick in there, guys. You know. Um, you know, and it can change. I mean, you've only got to look at you know. Um, one of the worst days for, for Welsh rugby was in South Africa when we lost 90-odd points. But I think Dennis John made a point after that uh, game, and I got a huge regard for Dennis. Uh, you know, coached against him. I coached with him for Wales A. We did a good few seasons together for the Wales A team. Smashing guy, great coach. And, um, you know, he that said... That was the like, team of the 90s, isn't it? Like, that was yeah. incredible. Brilliant. And he said, look, uh, you know, don't underestimate the, the lads who were there today, give them time and they'll come through, you know, or words to that effect. And they did. And I think a lot of those, like Stephen Jones, I think, played that day and obviously became a legend for Wales and a number of others. So, um, you know, you can have those dark days, but out of that, uh, you start to get miles on the clock and you get the learnings and you get the motivation never to go back to those places again, you know? So, wrapping up kind of a question then, Mike, George, you're on the weekend. What what are you hoping for? What are you expecting from Wales going into this game? Obviously, they, they, they've announced the team early and, and what have you. What, what are you expecting from Georgia? What are you expecting from Wales this weekend? Well, I haven't seen much of Georgia, but traditionally they've had a, you know, a very sort of set-piece orientated game. You know, from memory, looking at their passing accuracy, their, their execution of passing and Consistency of passing, it wouldn't it wouldn't be you know top tier, uh, tier one passing. So, you know they'll be nuggety, they'll be physical, and they'll be um, highly motivated. But you know they shouldn't be breaking us down. Um, you know they might have the odd try from close quarter stuff, um, but I can't see I can't see anything else other than you know a big big win for Wales. Really, I think that. Uh, you know, it's still, still a big game of conference and you get on a roll and, and, and you you know, you know have a good win under your belt like we did against Argentina. And, um, you know, I think that the boys will come out and and, and really, you know, up the tempo and, and, and take the game to to Georgia. But, you know, ultimately as well, the coaches will be reinforcing what we talked about right at the beginning of this chat was, hey, you know, we did so well against uh, Argentina because our physicality levels were high. So get the physicality again and... Um, you know, get that um, you know, get that tempo into it. And I must say, I was really impressed with um, you know, with our back three. I thought uh, Zamit at uh, at full back was a, a really good selection. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, I I remember when uh, I guess the All Blacks when we 
we had to move Gareth Anscombe to full back. You know, he's a great player, but you know, what you gain in, in experience and, and fantastic um, safety under the high ball and kicking skills, you know, you, you probably lose the fact that you haven't got a an out and out winger type back three winger. You know, I like the I like the principle of three wings. You know, so from a personal uh, point of view, I think it's very threatening for for the Welsh style. So um, yeah, I think it was uh, I think moving Zamet in there was a really Inspired selection. And do you think Italy will beat South Africa this weekend to have us like three in a row? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, who knows? But, uh, you know, they're certainly improving under their coach and doing a, a good job. I mean, you have to w- worry as well, really, about where Australian rugby is after that, you know. And, uh, you know, they, they've always been innovative and they've always been um, hugely skillful. Um but uh, I didn't see the game. I, I did see a clip of one of the tries and it looked like Italy were playing some really good rugby. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Australia go, really. Um, Can you talk. imagine Razzy Rasmus's video if they'd lose to Italy? I mean, it would be like 10 hours long of just him just losing his shit over who did what. Uh, and that referee looked at me in the wrong way. taken over. <laughs> <laughs> It's so tedious, isn't it? It was funny at first, but now I just find it absolutely tedious. Well, I managed to miss all those boys, but um, that's just a good thing. You know, none of those phone uh, video opportunities around when I was coaching, because I probably would have had a few moments like that. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could tell you one or two of them now, but uh, probably wouldn't be good on here. Uh, <laughs> I, do you know what, Mike? It's been an absolute pleasure. Having a chat with Absolutely, you this evening, yeah. it's it's and uh, and I know the boys have been really, especially Jay, Jamie's going to ask you one more time, please come and coach for for the Dragons. Like, but you know, yeah. he's just going to slip that in. But oh, it, Mike, there's no no pressure, Mike. But if you ever do fancy <laughs> coming back to the Dragons, the door is open. We want you back. No <laughs> pressure, Mike. That's really good of you. And I've got to say, I had a great reception down here the other day. I went down, I did a Q and A before the Ospreys game, and um, a big shout out to Paul Ted Castle. Um, who looked after me uh, in his hospitality box uh, and all the guys there. But um, the, uh, you know, the fact is, Dai Flang is doing a fantastic job for you, you know, and, um, you know, I'm enjoying my stuff for the Ospreys as well. So, um, yeah, no, Dai, you know, but I'm proud that I coached the Dragons. I'm proud that I, you know, had that season there and I've got memories forever. And, and you know what, that's the big thing about, um, Coaching and, and playing rugby is it does give you you know memories forever and uh, yeah and I've been very lucky like I said I've had you know thirty five years of coaching so um, I'd like to think I've done my shift and uh, got some fantastic memories you know cheers well, Mike giving us some yeah yeah certainly giving us some memories tonight Mike so yeah. um, thank you for your time and. Uh, I'd like to say I wish you all the best for the season, but I'm a Scarlet, you're an Osprey, so I wish you an adequate rest of the season against everybody else, not against <laughs> not against us. But it's been a pleasure tonight, mate. Thank you very much. Uh, Thanks, Thanks very much. much. Cheers, Mike. Thanks for inviting me on, and uh, I wish you every success with this podcast. And, Carolyn, you... You promised me a five grand fee for this, so I'll send you my bank details. Yeah, and be with the Christmas, <laughs> the Christmas list. Don't worry. Me and Catherine will pop down the gower now in a few weeks. Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. Yeah, nice. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Lee, yeah. well, could yeah. you cut out the bit where I said about two questions? Because I had another question lined up, then I forgot <laughs> it. And I don't want people saying, what was the other question? I, it, my mind went blank. I was so focused on um, getting our dragons question in. I had to, do you know what I mean? I was so starstruck. I was so starstruck. I was like, like, look, like, just nodding. When, <laughs> when Carwin said, and Reese got a question for you, inside my stomach uh... went, like, <laughs> I just uh, can't remember that second question. My mind went off. If I got another one, you might thought, oh, fuck, I don't know what this oh, is. Reese was not ready for that introduction. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That so, was funny. I was absolutely fantastic for Mike, but um, we did forget to do Drink of the Week, boys. So, um, you know, priorities. Well, I'll go, sorry, Lee, I'll go first because i got to go to the toilet because I've been drinking all the way through this. <laughs> um, so I'm drinking Third Eye Blind. Which I've never heard it before, and I've, and I've only just noticed now this little sign at the bottom saying it's gluten free. Um, but it's from the Mad Dog Brewery, mm-hmm. and it is very nice actually. It's only three point eight percent, but you know what? It's really nice. Tastes of ripe mango and citrus, apparently, but I can't taste that. Um, and it says it's perfect with extra mature cheddar, which I haven't got. <laughs> <either>. um, <laughs> yeah, because that'll come. That'll come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a mature cheddar, not an extra mature cheddar. I no. think I've got the wrong beer to go with it. Extra mature cheddar. Extra mature cheddar. So there we go. Hell. So that's me. I'm going to come back to you now. All right, mate. Corn, you disappear. James, what's, what's your beer of the week, mate? Right, so i got a couple of mates who listen to the pod, mm. and they have asked me, why have I never had a tiny rebel beer? You know, me being in Newport. And they thought, actually, it's a very fair point. So tonight... Tiny Rebel and it's Kutch. Yeah. So this nice. is one of the uh, original, it's, it's more the, the better known Tiny Rebel beers. Um, it's, it's my favourite Tiny Rebel beer. It's just a Welsh Red Ale, 4.6%. Um, yeah, it's very nice. So uh, yeah, Tiny Rebel debuting on the pod. Cheers. <laughs> Me and some really? people were there. Um, uh, oh, well, we went, went to see a gig uh, the other week winning Tiny Rebel before the gig uh, in Cardiff. Like, you know, great beers in there. You go to the one in Rogerstone, that's the original one. Now, it's that's the actual oh, brewery. Yeah, it's a pub in the brewery. It's uh, yeah, you should go down there. That'd be, uh, play rugby up there quite regularly against Rochester, now, actually. Um, yeah, it's where Rio Dyer's from, isn't it? Rogie. Yeah. Mm. He's come on. <laughs> uh, mine is um, here, uh, I, I went I went further afield today. I didn't go to Little, no, no, no co op for me today. I went to Tesco. Um, I found all these beers and I went for here, ice, and it says like a um, the thirst quenching, easy drinking golden ale boasts the floral and gentle herbal spice nose and caramelized grapefruit, pineapple, orange, citrus, and subtly spicy flavors. It tastes like beer, but it's nice beer. My palate isn't um, advanced enough to, to get all those notes, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. I had that a couple of weeks ago. I had that because it's, it's, it's along the, the Tesco <laughs> shelf, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've I've gone for a very traditional uh, uh, feeling foul IPA, um, and I can remember the first sip of it, and I went, "Oh yeah, remember why I stopped drinking this?" <laughs> <laughs> you know when it hits the back of your throat and you go, "Oh, oh yeah, it's oh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so After about the third third or fourth mouthful, it's but you're committed to it. Then you poured a glass. You've kind of got a 
commit to the whole glass because otherwise you just look stupid. So, you know, once you pass the first kind of three or four mouthfuls, it's either I've lost all sense of taste or it it starts to mellow and it's it's okay. So we're we're on it's okay. I think the reason I went to Tesco is like a, I, I lost all sense of perspective because we were speaking to my critic. Like, and I was thinking about, should, should I wear my Cardiff jersey? Should I wear my old Cardiff jersey? What beer shall I have? Like, and it, like I was like micromanaging myself. Overthinking a little bit there. Oh, you, even, yeah. you, you even had a haircut for it, mate. I mean, that's, that's yeah. how important it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and Jamie look more like Reese Red then. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So let's let's just finish off then with our expectations. For, we'll do a little bit on Argentina and a little bit on um on Georgia. What what are we what will we impressed with Argentina? Because obviously Mike Mike can't talk like a fan. He can't say so and so was shit and so and so was amazing. He's he, you know he's he's a very good corporate man. So. What what did we genuinely think of the Argentina game, and what are we expecting in in Georgia? Well, I thought we had a lot more fire in our belly for that game. They, they did Internet. not want to lose, you know. Yeah, they they they, they upped, they went up twenty percent uh, in aggression, as far as I'm concerned. And like Mike said about Luis Rizami, I, I thought he was excellent, and I thought mm. Rio Dyer had a good game. He had a couple of mistakes, some that went against him, I, you know, which would be fair to say. But I, experience. I, I think I think what a future that boy's got. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I got to even as an Aus- yeah, exactly. But as an Ospreys fan, the first time I saw him, he played. Against, I think it was his debut for the Dragons against the Ospreys. I think it was, and he scored against us. I was like, that boy's got a future. You know, I mean, what a player. I think mm-hmm. with, with Adams on the on the other wing, like maybe for the Australia game, because I, I don't know. I think it'll be Cuthbert. It'll be Cuthbert Adams and, and Dyer, possibly Cuthbert uh, Adams at fullback because Zamo's got to go back to uh, to Gloucester. Yeah, he won't be there, will he? Mm. He'll, be, uh, he'll be home. The back three played really well, I thought, uh, against uh, Argentina. Mm. Defensively, they had a couple of flashes in attack, didn't they? Like, they? They worked well, isn't it? They were talking about bringing Cuthbert back. I think we spoke about it, didn't we? Uh, but I thought, you know, for a man who hasn't played for a while, he did quite well. The defensive effort, I thought, was brilliant. But not only just like the effort itself, but the the thinking behind it. Everybody knew where they should be, and um, you know, played for each other, so, so to speak. Yeah, it, it wasn't perfect, was it? Let's be honest. It, it, this wasn't a perfect performance. But after that All Blacks debacle, Wales needed to respond. And in fairness, we did. You know, I thought our defence was really good. They had to I, win. You know. Yeah, exactly. They had to, you know, prove a point, and I think they did. Um, you talk about Luis Samit, yeah, I think that worked, him at fullback. I think that really worked. I was super impressed with Jack Morgan coming off the bench. I thought he made a hell of an impact. And fair play to him. I'm going to give a shout out to Jack Morgan, you know, because, you know, last time Pivac came out with that guff, didn't he, about him not being strong enough over the ball, even though he had the most turnovers in the URC at the time. He's gone away, he's bulked up, he's done everything that Pivac has asked him to do, and you know, he was putting in an excellent performance, you know, and fair play to him. And I'm glad he's starting, you know, because he's, he's a very, very talented player. He was excellent. He was. Re- he made a real impact. And I will put a word out as well for Dylan Lewis, because I'm not a big fan of Dylan Lewis, um, but I will always give credit where it's due. I thought he did really well on that South Africa too, and I praised him then. And I thought he had a very good game. 
Like he's very good. Yeah. I know you're giving credit. He's very good. Like uh, one of the boys uh, in the, the terraces has got the theory that like uh, the, the back row are getting less and less prominent. So I guess we, 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 we've already argued against that today, and we like at the breakdown. Yeah. And because because of the, the way that people are coming in and hitting the rucks and what have you, the smaller um, loose forwards are getting like smashed up a lot more. While it's the props that like you, you, you Ken Owens and you and Dylan Lewis is like for Cardiff all the time. Going to that, he gets yeah. on the goal. He's strong, and he uh, and he jackals. And I think he got a few jackals or one jackal on uh, against Argentina. Yeah, but also as well, um, Gareth Thomas. I mean, I did criticise Gareth. I thought you looked well off the pace against the Gareth yeah. Thomas. But he was very good. I think he was a lot better this week. Well, he'd but, only had uh, 12 minutes of rugby before that game. Yeah, he had something to see like 50-odd minutes. And yeah. you could tell you, he was, he was, it wasn't his fault. He was just way off the pace. But um, I thought he came back a lot stronger. Um, it was quite fitting for Tulupe to have Mama match on his 30 seconds. I mean, what are we going to do when our guy retires? Because he's just brilliant listening to Tulupe. Yeah. You know? yeah. well, what more can you say about the guy? So but well. can I offer... Can I offer a, Viewpoint now. I know Lee, this is balance. I know you won't understand actually you're a Scarlet's fan, right? So this so this is what a balanced viewpoint is, right? Having said all that about Wales, I've got to be honest, I was really disappointed with Argentina. Very mm-hmm. disappointed. I, I, I was underwhelmed. I honestly thought they were gonna turn up and be a lot better. I mean, in the first 20 minutes, they were okay, they went six to up. But what surprised me was they, they looked a little bit tired and I just wondered, did they peak against England, you know? Because they did look a little bit jaded. But also when Thomas Williams scored that try, I just couldn't believe how quickly they faded away. And you kind of thought, when, you know, when Wales went ahead, you just thought, well, can you see a way back for Argentina? It, it did feel to me, watching in the stadium, it felt like, well, it's game over now, you know? Mm. And it felt far too early in the game to think that. But I, I gotta be honest, I was underwhelmed by Argentina. And it's a shame, you know, I was hoping we'd have a, you know, I obviously want Wales to win. We all Wales fans want us to win. But I was hoping for a tighter, you know, contest. But in, in the end, it, it was a little bit kind of comfortable enough, wasn't it? I thought, you know. That's a win, isn't it? And after the yeah. year we've had, I'll take that win. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just we thought are, I was expecting a bit more now. from the muscle. Yeah. They were off the pace. Yeah. So you you were in the stadium then, Jane. Um, were either of you two boys in the in the stadium? No, no, no I'm going to Saturday. So it was, it was just Jamie for this one. Well, what was the atmosphere like, Jane? What was the because it was a couple of empty seats, obviously. But what was the what was the atmosphere like? Well, look, it was my first Wales game for two years. I think the last one I went to was 2020 against Italy. So I went with a wife, and. Um, the first thing to say, the atmosphere was actually okay because there's been a lot said about, you know, the, the atmosphere is flat and the match takes place. I actually thought it was okay. You know, I, I thought it was okay. I've experienced better atmospheres, but I thought on Saturday it was okay. But there's a number of things that goes on in our stadium now that I just don't understand. I really don't. So I tell you the first thing that did annoy me, and it did upset me a little bit. So obviously we had a minute silence, didn't we, for remembrance. And unfortunately, there was a minority of idiots who just could not stay silent. Oh, no, yeah, I don't know if I came. But yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't know, because I haven't watched the full game back. I've only seen highlights. I don't know if you heard your TV, but you were supposed to have a minute silence. So you guys are just going, come on, man, come on. You know, and it really pissed me off. Then you got a crowd going, whoosh. And it, oh, it was just awful. I hated it. And when you contrast that to Murrayfield, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Murrayfield on Sunday, when I watched Scotland All Blacks, their silence was impeccable. 
You couldn't it's shaming, isn't it? It's absolutely I, I, I felt, yeah. I, I was really annoyed, really annoyed at that. You know, they're going about Cardiff being the best crowd and all that. Well, no, you can't even keep quiet for one minute. Like, you can't pay respect. So that annoyed me. And then this a lot of talk about the music and stuff that's being played at the stadium. It's like, why are we coming out to enter Sandman by Metallica? What is the relevance of that to Wales <laughs> and what's up? You know, I like Metallica. I like Enter Sandman, but... Why are we choosing I, our song? And then I don't like the connotations of the words, though, either. Like, enter sand, like, you don't want those connotations about your rugby team, do you? So, so you go that, and then just before kickoff, they're blasting out Guns and Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle. And, <laughs> and we're sad, they're thinking, how is this in any way related to Wales and Welsh rugby? And to the, it doesn't mean anything, does it? When you watch the football, Mm-hmm. They go, yeah, Mill Heed, and they go, Zombie Nation. Well, Zombie Nation is connected to Welsh football, isn't it? That's their anthem. And I was just a little bit puzzled. Why are we choosing these particular songs? And then, of course, you get the Mexican way. I mean, I absolutely hate Mexican. Mexican ways can fuck off. I will never take part in them. I hate them. And that game didn't deserve the Mexican wave. You know, they say Mexican waves happen because the crowd gets what bored, about- don't they? The sign of a bored crowd. It was a boring game. I, oh, I was thinking there, we haven't had a proper rant, like, and then, and it came yeah, out. Here we go. Here we go. He's not finished yet. I, I can't be doing with Mexican way. I just, I don't know why I don't like them. And, you know, we didn't get it, but everyone's going, hey, you know, Jen, just sat down, and you go, ooh. I was like, oh, fuck, fuck, I'm not <laughs> what, what about the... Um... I, I don't care. What about that? <laughs> well, I was just about to come on to this, so... I... <laughs> I need someone to explain this to me because I'm confused, right? So we're sat there watching the game and all of a sudden people get out their phones and they got their flashlights and they're doing this. And we're like, what the fuck's going on here then? Judd said, what's all this about? I said, I haven't got a clue. It was like being at an Ed Sheeran concert. Now, is it a new... I'm out of the loop, right, with Wales. Like I say, I haven't been to a game for two years, so maybe this is what they do now in the stadium. That's the first I've seen it. why do they do it? No, Why? What's the relevance? Bullshit, Why the fuck? <laughs> you know, I'm not a Barney Manilow gig. I'm not a fucking rugby game. Why are you flashing your <laughs> lights like that? I don't get it. Barney Manilow. Yeah, no, really, If not. anyone knows, somebody explain it to me. Because I, I want to know. Maybe there is a reason for it. And maybe it's been going on longer than I've realised. Like I said, yeah, I'm out of the loop with it now. But I just don't understand why that came about. And some of the, you know... Things are going on in our stadium, so uh, yeah, it was all right. Decent day out, and that, that was all right. <laughs> that, that was all right. <laughs> Fuck, can you imagine yeah. a bad game? You can't go international, you won't be international, but you are really pissed off. <laughs> Good day, day out then. Average day. <laughs> no, I, I did enjoy the day, I, I did actually enjoy the day. It was just things that go on in our stadium. I think the pre match um, entertainment could be better. I think I do think the WRU need a rethink. They need to look at the FAW, the Welsh football, and yeah. see what they're doing. They need to connect more with the fans. They need more choirs. They just need not the to, Super Bowl, is know, it? Well, no, it, it doesn't Get feel Rihanna authentic. On stage there or something. Yeah, it doesn't feel authentic at the moment. It doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel Welsh. It just feels very sort of like commercial and just very, you know, yeah, and it just. 
Yeah, you know, I'm going to sound old man yells at Claudia, but it's not as good as previous match days I've had at the stadium. I've got to be honest. You know, I just like it when it's basically got the choirs and the singing. They, they, they don't sing in the stadium. Like, nobody sang. You know, you've had the old, no one's singing hymns and arias, no one's singing Bread of Heaven. It's, you know, yeah, it's but it's like that's just my take on it. It's over the tunnel, isn't it? If they if they do sing, it started off over the tunnel. You know? We were lucky. Like, mm. against the old blacks, we were sat next to the choir. Um, so every now and again, they just burst into song, and it was beautiful. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hmm. I've had my rant now, anyway. So that was my match. Do you feel better, Jamie? Do you, do you feel do you feel better? Um, yeah, it's a bit like therapy. This part, I quite like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just need someone to I... talk to, boys. That's all. <laughs> Next time I need some shirts ironing, I'm going to start talking to Jamie about match day experience and then just hold the shirts either side of him and catch the steam coming out of his ears and then yeah. the, the, the temperature coming off his face. Go on, Jane, go on, tell us about that. I've yeah, got yeah, a few yeah. creases left in my shirt to shake out. What, what's the Jamie rating? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. on a yeah. <laughs> His face is like a red tomato. Come on, we got it. We got it. <laughs> but don't forget, in the diary, like you said, for next year, or April, we all we're all going to be going to the uh, with our rap flag to the uh, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. I'm up for that. That's day out. Yeah, a, yeah. a good plan, I think. Yeah. Um, you boys the- like Judgment Day because um, Judgment Day does divide a lot of people. The season ticket holders hate it because they say, "Well, we've lost a home game now," you know. And, and I know a lot of Dragons fans are pretty miffed that you know it, technically it is our home game, but it's not because you know we're playing at the Prince Party, not Bonnie Parade, and people like it. You know, when we're playing at home, especially in the derby. So, what do you boys forget? Do you? Well, the last I one I went to. Con- Sorry, go on. So, yeah, the last one I went to, I had a great day. I really enjoyed it. I watched both. I stayed. I watched both matches. The atmosphere was mm. good. Uh, I, I got no bad word to say about it. I mean, it's, it's taken a while to get it going, but I think if you get real rugby fans in that stadium and they stay for both games, there's a cracking atmosphere. I, I think the key to it is staying for both games. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I've been to two. And usually, it's usually Scarlet's Dragons first. I know, usually um, Osprey's Cardiff first, isn't it? And then come the second game. So, so you you've got to get in for that first game. You you can't turn up late for the the the, the Scarlet's Dragons game. You have to be in the stadium for that first game. But then after that first game finishes, half of us go and get a beer and a and a hot dog and a burger. And then most of the Ospreys and Scarlets fans go home, and and it just it reduces the atmosphere. It's such a good atmosphere for that first game, because you've got a quarter of the the the, the fans cheering for one team and a quarter of the fans cheering for the other, and then half of the fans just winding up the other two quarters. Do you know what I mean? Just it it doesn't. I was sat next to a um, a Dragon supporter for one of them, and I can't remember. I I cheered for something. And then I booed for something, and he turned to me and he went, "You were cheering him just now." I said, "I don't fucking care, mate. <laughs> is it winding you up?" Yeah, it is. Well, good. good, We're doing the job, then, aren't we? And you know, it's just that kind of atmosphere of it's it's enjoyment. Everybody just kind of pitching in together, and, and it it feels right. Yeah, yeah. But then it when everybody goes day. home, it's it's it just feels a bit empty. Then you know. Yeah. It, it is a good day out. I, I, I've been to a few of them uh, now when they were still going, I, and I, I'm up for going to this one as well, sort of thing. But what I like about it is just what you said about like sitting in a line with like 
the four sets of fans just all around dotted like and stuff like that and having chats with people about, mm. you know, about how the season's going and what have you winding each other up and I like that bit of it like you know, and I stay for the two games because yeah. it's a treat isn't it like to me I can get in with my season tickets and um Hmm. And that's a day of rugby, isn't it? I think that's the day we were on TV together, actually. We went to one of them together, Reese. Yeah. We've been to two, well, yeah, we've been to one of the Liberty Stadium, you know, uh, just Cardiff Ospreys, and, and then one of those, isn't it? Yeah, and then we went home after the first game. <laughs> I, went to the pub yeah, after the first game. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> well, I, I we got drunk my... after the first game. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> I took my, my under-12s on tour to... Uh, to Judgment Day, we we played some games. That's when I saw you, Cowan. Yeah, and we were playing. Oh uh, yeah, Yeah, and then so we took them to to the game uh, the day after. Oh my God, I had twenty two fourteen year olds, and and they were like about ten parents, so your numbers were fine. But have you ever tried controlling twenty two fourteen year olds in the stadium? And we gave them all hats to wear, like obvious hats, so we could just count the hats. You know, one, two, three, four, 21, 22, we're fine. And by the end of the first game, I could count like six hats. And you're like, ah, oh, this is not going well, you know. And you spend the whole of the second game just trying to find 22 players and just like sit still. All of you, just just sit there. Don't move. I need the toilet. I don't care. Just sit there until the end of the game. Go at the end of the game. I don't just fucking sit still so my enjoyment of that that game was was kind of my stress levels shall we say were not at a level where i could enjoy the game but yeah that, that was oh, my yeah. tickets are due though aren't they this time as well i think there's been a like a lot of fans are moaning because it was around it used to be like 10 15 pound mark in there from the last yeah. Round, um, yeah. yeah and but they're 35 pound now and there's a lot of people off. But i think yeah, but then I think you are getting two games of rugby for that. You might not care about the other two terms, so it's like you've got to weigh it up. You? But it is a bit of an increase, so it will be interesting to see okay, what they the probably tell us like, games. you know. Yeah, a season ticket holders. Yeah, so they, we get our tickets free. So as a drag seat talking now, I got applied for a ticket. I'll get that free. And I can apply for other tickets, friends and family. But for the general sale tickets, you've got to pay, and it'll be £35. So, um yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I've been to a couple. They've been okay. Um, the last one I went to, it was actually Dragon's first time of winning a judgment. They beat the Scarlets. Remember that, Lee? Jason I remember Tubby? well. That yeah. penalty? Yeah. yeah brilliant game, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah that, anyway, that was anyway, my last judgment day. Yeah. The referee anyway, moving on, in that moving on. Game. Sorry, Lee. Don't mean to interrupt. Oh. <laughs> moving on. Uh, who's, what's the scoreline score going to be? Uh, yeah, I would say, let's wrap it up with scorelines for yeah. the weekend and then... <laughs> <laughs> be done. Go on, Jamie, you go for Um, well, I quite like the team that they Wales have gone with. It's actually stronger than I, you know, anticipated. I mean, it's only been six changes. You know, when you look at the past, we've made wholesale changes and sometimes we've come unstuck. So um I like the selection. Yeah, I think Wales will win. Um, I don't think they're gonna blow George away. I think it'll probably be about ten points, something like that. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good one, I think. Hopefully. Please. Okay, so yeah. just Wales I'm by reckon. 10. Wales by 10, is it? So, yeah, Jamie's saying Wales by 10, yeah. Go on, Reese. I'm going to say 25-10 uh, to Wales. Uh, I, I, like the, I like the selection. I like not only the fact that we've chosen like, the strongest side, but we've put in like new players coming in next to sort of like uh, a cart next to beards and, 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 and so forth. Yeah. That's actually like, you know, and then players that can come off the bench and play next to experienced players. So, it's... Uh, 
So hopefully that what usually happens, like what Jamie was saying, like, you know, make those wholesale changes and there's no sort of, it looks like there's no plan. Uh, hopefully that will be in existence. I just want to say as well, like when, when Jamie said about the old blacks earlier on, my wife walked into the room, she, she's a Kiwi <laughs> and what have you, just looked at me. So I want to, I want to say my level of professionalism here. Um, she looked at me, burst out laughing at the score <laughs> and walked out the room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not nice. That's not nice. Yeah. Held it together for the sake of the pod, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Carwin, what's your predictions, mate? 36-12 to Wales. There we go. I'm going for a bigger scoreline. But I think it's, I think, you know, Georgia will have a good pack. They always do. They play in the French League, a lot of these boys. They're big lumps. They're solid lads. Um, I don't know how well they've been. I think they lost. They, who did they play on the other weekend? They lost to Samoa, didn't they? lost to Samoa, Samoa. but they... They beat yeah. um, Uruguay, didn't they? They beat Uruguay, lost to Samoa. But so. I think, you know, I think the first 20 minutes will be that battle, the traditional battle of the forwards. But I think after that, I think we're gonna, we are going to take them apart. Hmm. So I'm going to go for a massive win. I'm going to go for 50 points to 14. Oh. And I'm going to justify this with... I haven't washed my lucky pants yet. There's still oh, I knew some... you'd say that. <laughs> I knew lucky pants was coming out somewhere. Yeah. You know, there's, a, there's an <sighs> element of luck that hasn't I'll yet. Wear, I'll wear my oddball pants then. Yeah, I was that. <laughs> Gents, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure this evening once again. And uh, no doubt we will do it again next week. Uh, we have got another guest lined up for next week. But again, I'm not going to say who it is. Just I don't want to jinx it, touch wood. But uh, the, the the stories that that guy's got for next week are absolutely top-notch. So, um, yeah, pleasure with, with Mike this evening. Pleasure with you guys. Have a good weekend. Enjoy your rugby. And we'll catch up again next week. Absolutely. All the best. See you. All the best. Boys, enjoy. Thank you for listening to this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it enough to come back next week and listen again. So please do subscribe, rate and review the pod as it really helps us on most of the platforms that we appear on. You can keep the conversation going on Twitter and Facebook by searching for us on RAP, W-R-R-A-P. Or you can email us on welshregionalrugbypod at gmail. We'll be back next week to do some more of the same. We hope you'll come and enjoy us. And in the meantime, enjoy your rugby. Sports Social Podcast Network.